with Swavy. On this episode, we have Moe's mailbag, some questions that need to be answered. Then we're going to get into the main course, which is actually <laughs> talking about the running back position and what stats actually matters for the running backs as far as PPR. And all of this is to come on this episode of Fantasy Vibes, presented by Real Ones Productions. But before we get started, before we get started into the show, I want to give a special shout out to everybody that supports this podcast, that shares it, leaves reviews, that listens to it, downloads it. Shout out to the people that's overseas that's uh, listening to the podcast. You are not forgotten. I definitely see you and I appreciate you taking the time out. And everybody, I just want to give a special collective one big pat on the back slash little shimmy shake for you as we get the uh, episode started and kicked off. Now, with that said and done, let's get into one of my favorite segments, and that is some real talk for you. Some real talk <laughs> presented by Real Ones Productions. The player that I'm about to talk about is going drafted right now in the fifth round of most fantasy football drafts. He is not really getting a lot of talk right now because everybody is on Kyle Pitts. Everybody's talking about George Kittle. Everybody's talking about Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> this guy is going like a full two rounds later. In fact, I've seen TJ Hawkinson go higher than this guy. I, in, in some draft leagues, I've even seen Dallas Goddard go higher than this guy. And I know that's crazy to think about. But a lot of people don't really understand the gym that they have on their hands. And I just want to talk to you about a guy real quick out of the University of Oklahoma. Now, you're not going to probably know why I'm saying this or what, but he is Lamar Jackson's number one weapon. Number one. He's been in the league for three years now. And if we're being honest... His stats could be better. You know what I'm saying? It could be. He had 88 targets last year, 58 receptions. If you looked at his games, he had two games last year where he didn't play. 88 targets, like I said, 58 receptions on the season. Uh, his highest fantasy points on the season came in week one where he had 22.8. He had seven total touchdowns last year. 12.1 average. He had 701 yards. And his receiving percentages was 65.9. Now, what matters? The 88 targets. For a tight end, I mean, you, you will hope to have that um, and, and maximize on those opportunity. He caught 58 out of the 88. But if I'm just keeping it a whole buck, his fantasy performance last year was honestly less than impressive. He had <laughs> six different weeks under seven fantasy points. So he busted more than he boomed. If you look at his career as a whole, 2019, everybody was all over him because he had 98 targets, 10 touchdowns, 852 yards, 64 receptions. 2018, 34 receptions on 50 targets, three touchdowns, 552 yards. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Mark Andrews, who's currently discussing a new contract with the Ravens. Now, four of the Ravens starters on offense come from the 2018 draft class with Andrews, who went in the third round, Lamar Jackson, first, Orlando Brown, third, Bradley Bozeman in the sixth. 
Now, I understand that Lamar Jackson is the priority of this group and they exercise his fifth-year option. I understand also that Brown just got traded. So there's only three of the guys that started from the 2018 class. If I'm looking at it, Andrew should be someone that should be in the extension talks and heavy because he deserves it. I understand that he isn't a great blocker, but in reality, he's a phenomenal pass catcher. And he's committed his fair share of drops. I get it over the last two years. But he also has one of the top playmakers at the position of Lamar Jackson. 2,100, five yards receiving and 20 touchdowns through 45 regular season games. To end the season, he wasn't really impressive. Yes, we need more production out of Mark Andrews. Absolutely. It's not even a question. We need it. <laughs> and I'm not going to stop until we talk about that first. We need the production to equal the hype. If you had a minimum of 75 targets last year, you are not on this list that I'm about to talk about. Out of all the tight ends in the entire National Football League that had over 75 targets last year, Dalton shoots 89. Darren Waller, 146. Eric Ebron, 91. Evan Ingram, 109. Hayden Hurst, 87. Hunter Henry, 92. Jimmy Graham, 76. Logan Thomas, 110. Mike Gusecki, 86. Noah Fant, 93. Rob Gronkowski, 77. TJ Hawkinson, 101. Travis Kelsey, or Travis Kels, 145. But this guy, Mark Andrews, had 89 targets. That's six in the entire National Football League last year. You talk about receptions. Where was he? What did he finish? <laughs> Fifth from the bottom. <laughs> so he could have caught the ball better last year. We we have to admit that. But as far as the yardage, though, he put up his yardage to finish fifth in the entire National Football League in yardage. You talk about air yards. He wasn't really up there in air yards. Twelfth in air yards, to be exact. What about touchdowns? Where did he finish his touchdowns? He finishes number five in touchdowns. What about average depth of target? He has to be at the bottom percentile of the tight ends that had at least 75 targets last year. What is his weighted opportunity rating? Oh, my bad. He's number two, only behind Darren Waller. On the next episode, I'll talk to you more about what WOPR, what the opportunity means. But that's pretty good. If you look at PPR points, who finished with the most and who finished with the least, he finishes tight end number five last year. And it kind of correlates with everything else on his, on his resume being around the fifth best in the National Football League. What was his target percentage? Second in the National Football League, 25% target share. It's crazy. All I'm saying is, is when I see this guy going in the fifth round in drafts, it just screams out to me value, 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 <laughs> value. And his stock has been falling. Like we're talking about Cole Beasley, for example. We're not talking about that. But it has been dropping, even if it's only a little. But I refuse to believe that Mark Andrews is getting that this slighted. And I think that he could be a very great value play. 
this year because he's still the number one option on that team. And Lamar, you can't just go into the situation ignoring that he already has a great rapport with Mark Andrews. And what is a mobile quarterback who doesn't really want to push the ball down the field on outside the numbers best friend is? A tight end named Mark Andrews. <laughs> so this is real talk for you because this is about Real Ones Productions. Don't be afraid to draft Mark Andrews because I think that this year will be a bounce back year. And it's crazy that we're saying that because he played not that bad last year and people made it, seem out, made it out to beat. He still finishes tight end number five. For this special edition of Real Talk, presented by Real Ones Productions, I'm your host, Moon. Can Derrick Henry conquer the world and go for 2,000 yards again? It, the reason why it's hard to say is because I don't know what their offense is going to look like this year. We can only project to be what it is. Like, I don't know because they're losing, they're losing a coordinator that turned into my head coach. It's crazy, actually, to think about what he did last year. It's not a knock against him. I promise you it's not. But I'm just not as high on him as PPR, in PPR leagues as I am in standard. And I don't even really play standard leagues anymore. It just seems like he has the consistency of having a strong offensive line. That's one thing that's set in stone and certain. Although I don't know what's going to be the coaching, I have to look at the offensive line. The offensive line is strong. Taylor DeWan suffered an ACL tail in October in the first round pick. Isaiah Wilson played just four snaps. Now, I know the Titans parted ways with Isaiah Wilson and starting to tackle Dennis Kelly. But the potential replacements that they're getting with Kendall Lamb, Kendall Lamb and second-round pick Dylan Redunce, who I really love coming out of the draft, then you add in Taylor DeWan being on track so far for week one, Julio giving the boost. It looks like Derrick Henry actually set up for success. But... I'm going to channel my elite Corso and say, not so fast. Not so fast. He's gone up in every single season since of his career. Every single season of his career, he's jumped up. The last three seasons, he's went from 1,059 yards to 1,500 yards to 2,000 yards. His carries have gone up 215, 2018, 303, and 2019. 378 last year. This is crazy. He averaged 5.4 yards a carry. I just hope defenses take a book out of the uh, Baltimore Ravens playbook and they say, hey, we're not about to let you be able to one cut, get downhill on us, and then off to the races and be one-on-one against the secondary. That's not something that I look forward to, to doing at all. Can he conquer the world and go for 2,000 yards again? Well, 17 games, you would say, dang, it's kind of possible. But if you look at his splits and his numbers from last year and how many 100-yard games plus that he had, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it really is. And that's not even counting the fact that he had to play against the Jaguars, the Texans. Just with division being weak last year. So that's my feeling on Derrick Henry. And I could, like, I very well could be wrong. In fact, I hope that I'm wrong. If he can get 2,000 yards this year, 
I'm not going to say that I'm going to respect him more, but I will tune down my horn as far as, you know, me not being really sold on him. And the reason why I'm not sold on him in PPR leagues is just because he doesn't catch the ball nearly enough. He only caught, he only had 13, 30 targets last year and 19 receptions. So they barely use him in the passing game. That is Moon's mailbag for today as we get into another episode of Fantasy Vibes. Coming up next in the show, we get to the main course, the nitty gritty. <laughs> the nitty gritty. And this is talking about stats that actually matter before the running back position. Now, just to give you some analysis, like stats like passing touchdowns, rushing yards, receptions, they're all part of most scoring settings for your leagues. But the thing is, you have to give yourself an edge by understanding the stats that actually matter when it comes to a league. The, the scoring settings that most people play on is PPR. You talk about volume is king all the time. And the reason why Derrick Henry can put up the number of stats he can is because he's getting fed the volume to be able to be efficient with that. It doesn't matter if you get the opportunity or the volume if you if you don't have the ball in the first place. Like volume does not matter if 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 you're not getting in any touches. Opportunity. Think about that. That's a, that's the number or volume as you can interchange it with. You got volume stats that focus on the total performance or the player's impact on the game. Then you have efficiency stats that measure how well the player does with the opportunities. So yards per carry is an efficiency stat versus rushing yards is a, or rushing attempts is a volume stat for you. So I'm going to be talking about the running back position and, and the things that I think that matter the most when it comes to the running back position and PPR points. Notice that I mentioned PPR. The things that don't really matter to me. Drop percentage. Stack box percentage. The average number in the box. Base defense percentage. Target percentage. Green zone fumbles. Juke percentage. <laughs> breakaway percentage. Drops. You actually can say drops matter. Because if you drop, then then you are it, it, it is an implied target. It still is a target as well, but it does not count as a reception, and you just missed out on an opportunity to make a big play. You wasn't efficient. But the stats that I look at and I say, wow, these are great indicators of where running back is going to finish in fantasy this year or any year. Snaps, touches, implied touches, receiving yards, snap percentage, receptions, receiving, <laughs> receiving yards. I'll put that up there again. Rushing attempts, rushing touchdowns, targets, green zone attempts, 
in in the in green zone attempts, rushing attempts, I should say, and green zone res, uh, green zone rushing touchdowns. Now, I can be totally honest with you and say that there's other things that matter, and and it's and I'm not I'm not dismissing green zone targets or yards created a game or breakaways, fumbles, yards created a, o- overall or opportunity share. It's a lot of different terminology, but the way I can break it down to you the most is this. We talk about how can your player be effective if he's not in the game with the NFL leaning more towards a RBC or running back by committee approach where we have multiple guys that are in the rotation. It's leaving us in a situation where quite a lot of franchises, we can't really predict how great a running back is going to be for us in fantasy because we just simply don't know how the touches are going to be broken up on a week-to-week basis. So the number one thing that I feel like is most important for a running back as far as correlation to PPR fantasy points is snaps. It is the vital opportunity statistic. It basically tells you how many snaps that the player was on the field throughout the season. Not just the game, but the entire season. And the reason why this is an important stat is what kind of what I just mentioned with the running back by committee. And since more teams are embracing this approach and then the schedule is getting longer, you're going to see more teams embrace this approach if they have aspirations to make it to Super Bowl or deep in the playoffs. You can't, you can't depend on a player every single down, now down after down after down. Derrick Henry is just one of those freaks of nature like you're not accustomed to seeing. So... He gets all the lion's share of the work. But even still, on some third times, he got to take a break. But you, the fantasy owner, you have to keep out an eye and a good look at how often your favorite running back is seeing the field. Because let's just be real. Your player can't score you no points if he's on the sidelines. Let's look at the top performers and snap and snaps. Versus where they finish in PPR, points per reception. 2019, Christian McCaffrey, running back one in snaps, running back one in fantasy. Ezekiel Elliott, running back two in snaps, running back three in fantasy. Leonard Fournette, running back three in snaps, running back seven in fantasy. Let's go back further. 2017, Le'Veon Bell, running back one in snaps, running back two in fantasy. Todd Gurley, remember when he was good? Running back two in snaps and running back one in fantasy. Carlos Hyde, back then in 2017. Running back three in snaps, running back eight in fantasy. This, is, this isn't the overall measuring stick of they're not going to, this is the only important stat that you need to know. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's, it's the most important to me because if your player can't get in a the game, then how can he be effective? You want another one just to make you think? 2018, Christian McCaffrey finishes running back number one in snaps and running back number two in fantasy. Zeke Elliott, he finished running back two in snaps and five in fantasy. And then Saquon finishes running back three in snaps, but number one in in fantasy in 2018. 
that's what leads me to the next thing. Volume being king, right? The next thing that I'm going to mention is called implied touches. And there's another thing called touches as a whole, but I'll show you how they're different. Implied touches is a preferred way for me to look at this through the lens of a running back for, for because it captures the offense's intent into the actual statistic, meaning they actually focus on the on the offense to say, okay, how is this offense trying to use this running back on this play? So it so touches it measures how many receptions and rushing attempts the running back has. And notice I said receptions. Targets included. <laughs> like this that's that's that is um targets is not included for the touches. Receptions is replaced with targets. But when it comes with targets, we talked about it before, targets encompass both complete and incomplete passes that were intended for the running back. So we see how often the offense truly wanted to get the ball into the running back's hands. So the reason why the stat is important, implied touches is, is, is showcasing how successful they were, the offense was, in doing so to get that running back involved. So when you measure touches through an offense's attempts to get this player the ball or get them involved, whether they're successful or not, whether they catch the ball or not, is looking at tar targets through the opportunity lens or through a volume-based lens. And they are neglecting just saying, oh, well, he touched the ball here. He got a carry or he caught a reception. So it's putting an efficiency rate in play because it would be dependent on the running back's catch rate. And that's where we mess up at. And that's why implied touches is better. How can you find it? All you got to do is add targets plus rushing attempts. So if a player got 20, 20 carries, 20 rushing attempts, and then they got 11 targets, they got 31 implied touches that they make things. That's targets. But if they got 20 carries and 11 targets, but they only caught three of those 11 catches, I mean, they only caught three of those 11 targets, then they only had... And implied that as far as touches, they only had 23 touches, if that makes sense. So I already gave you the finishes of where they were, but that's the reason why the stat is important. And that's the reason why I'm not neglect neglecting it or negating it when it comes to running backs. The next stat, you talk about red zone. There's a difference between a red zone and a green zone. Red zone is anything that's 20 inside the 20 yard line all the way to the end zone. That large rectangle that has the team's name in it for the 20 yard line to the uh, end zone is the red zone. 
for green zone it, it counts to a running back specifically because it's talking about if you're a fantasy player you need to know this but it's it's literally talking about in between the opponent's five yard line so anything from the five yard line to the end zone the reason why this is important is because it shows who has a greater chance of scoring once they enter the green zone not only for our offense but for a running back did you know that over the last five years running backs have scored touchdowns on 42 percent of their touches within the green zone if you think about that number that is crazy to think about the next highest rate is from the opponent's six to ten yard line where running backs score on about 13.1 percent so you see how far the drop off is that in itself is a good percentage but it does not do anything compared to the green zone so we have to now monitor the running backs that are getting the most volume inside the five yard line and they're getting the most opportunities and it's not in that notice i said attempts attempts is volume based it's one thing to have rushing attempts but how many of those attempts came inside the green zone inside the five yard line when your team is depending on you to catch the ball in when you know it's a stack box and you know what they're going to do, how many green zone attempts did you get? Let's look at the stats. The top performers in stats for green zone attempts and PPR finish. 2019, Dalvin Cook, running back one in green zone attempts. Running back six in fantasy. Christian McCaffrey, running back two in green zone attempts. Running back one in fantasy. Ezekiel Elliott, running back three in green zone attempts. Running back three in fantasy. Let's take a trip to 2018. Todd Gurley, running back one in green zone attempts. Running back three in fantasy. Saquon Barkley, running back two in green zone attempts. Running back one in fantasy. What about 2017? 2017, Todd Gurley, running back one. In green zone attempt and running back one in fantasy. Carlos Hyde, running back two in green zone attempts, running back eight in fantasy. And then we have Mark Ingram, who went running back three in green zone attempts and running back six in fantasy. When Mark Ringo put up those crazy amount of touchdowns that year. Why is this important? Because when you're deciding which running back that you should choose, and the differentiating factor between a Clyde Edwards Hilaire and a DeAndre Swift. And the reason why I'm higher on a Clyde, uh, DeAndre Swift than I am Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is because they don't, they don't use Clyde Edwards Hilaire on the goal line. They don't. They don't use him inside the five yard line. Not only is he a smaller back, but a lot of times he's not able to fight through the tackles inside when you have a confined space to get to. When I've seen DeAndre Swift be able to knife through, make cuts, jump cut, plow through, and get touchdowns in the green zone. So that's the differentiating factor, differentiating factor for me. I don't care how good the offensive line is. That's one thing. But I care if the team is going to use him inside the five-yard line to convert the touch so he can get touchdowns. Why? Because touchdowns are important when it comes to running backs. We need those six points. We need it. This is how it makes sense. This is how this is why it's important. 
So if you were trying to decide whether or not, not I need to choose a running back, look no further than that can be a deciding factor for you on which guy should go over this guy. And that is, to me, the top two stats that matter when it comes to running backs. Now, I'm not saying they're the only two stats because, look, <laughs> it's, it's, it's deeper than that. We talk about snaps. We talk about implied touches. But green zone attempts matter too. So does green zone touchdown, rushing touchdowns. However, however, it's not the whole picture. There's other factors that I go into it. I have to say that. But when we talk about stats that matter, those stats matter. Those can be the difference between you winning your matchup this, this week and you not winning your matchup. Why? Because you trusted Clyde Edwards Alaire today, and I'm just using him as an example, and you had the choice to start Clyde Edwards Alaire or J.K. Dobbins, and you chose Clyde Edwards Alaire, but the Ravens happened to get the ball down into the greens in the red zone, worked their way to the green zone inside the five yard line, and Clyde Edwards Alaire was able to punch the ball in two or three times. That changes the PPR scoring like crazy. So a running back that doesn't get the amount of volume but is used as a downhill threat in the red zone and in the green zone is, to me, just as valuable than one that can put up 100 targets in the season or give me a lot of 100-yard games, especially because this is not real-life football. This is fantasy football. And points win you championships how can you say it's not important if if my running back is not being used or trusted in those situations to punch the ball in and have all the full weight on their shoulders so that's the stats that you need to know for the running back position and the ones that i'm not really caring for as far as the running back position is like drop percentage stack box percentage light d percentage base defense percentage all these efficiency stats that don't really correlate. Things I'll give like, okay, moderate, you know, green zone receiving touchdown, green zone receiving yards, you know, the, the utilization percentage, touch percentage, breakaway percentage. But at the end of the day, we know that the more that we know, the more that we grow. And if we know how our offense wants to use a player, specifically a running back, and we take all of those in account, so we look at the amount of snaps that this running back plays. You say, dang, he gets a lot of snaps. That's great. All right. Does he get a lot of implied touches, though? So is he getting a lot of carries? Mixed with targets. That's another check mark in the box. All right. The last one is, is he getting a lot of red zone, green zone attempts? It's the last check mark that you can use to figure out who do you want to draft and who do you want to be on your team? Because in reality, like I said before, points is king. And I've been in the past where I've started a running back and he did he got me all the yards, but he didn't get me no touchdown to take my matchup over the top. And I needed him. 
just look at just look at so many instances over the years where we'll be in the end zone and then all of a sudden um either the quarterback will score from the red zone or in the, in the green zone like it's at the five yard line or so and you'll see a qb boot and then they're taking it into the end zone like josh allen taken away from all of the bills running backs that's why I feel like the Bills running backs, we don't really know about them because green zone attempts. Like, how are they going to be used around the goal line? Are y'all actually going to trust them? <laughs> are y'all going to do play action fakes with the tight ends? And are you, gonna, are you actually going to do QB rollouts with uh, Josh Allen? What's like, what's the plan? So these are the things that I'm putting out there to make you think. And these are the things that I'm saying on this episode that can help you and hopefully help value, help add value to your your lineup and to your overall experience with fantasy football because i'm not an expert i'm an analyst you have to know this <laughs> but in this section these stats really do help really do help so look out for them the way you can access these stats is go to Multiple websites. You can check it out on like any reference website. They'll show you for the most part. And also fantasy data. Uh, yeah, fantasydata.com or player profile, player profiler. It's another other website that's out there as well. So for the main entree, the main entree, <laughs> we are out of here for this episode of Fantasy Vibes. I'm going to give you more news on the Lex episode since the news cycle is kind of dry right now. But I appreciate your time more than anything. And if you really did get anything of value from this episode, make sure you not only share it with somebody, but spread the word about what's going on uh, with Fantasy Vibes. And make sure you leave a review. If you're filling up for it, consider it. And, um, Keep checking out these episodes because I'm going to be coming hard and heavy for you over the next eight months. So from Moon Vibes, you can follow me on Twitter at FF Moon Vibes for more ways to interact with me. And for any questions that you may have, I send you off into your night, your morning, your evening, whenever you're listening to this podcast. And I send you with good vibes. And like I always say, stay wavy. A fun fact for you before we close it out. Can you name the two running backs last year that had over 100 targets? I'll let you think. One of them, he's a bad man. <laughs> one of them is Alvin Kamara. You want to know who the last one is? Because there's only two. J.D. McKissick. <laughs> From the Washington football team. Crazy. The more you know, stay wavy. I'm your host, Moon Vibes, signing off. Hey, Craig, you can leave now. <laughs> Thank you, my guy.